This is the Magic Word Podcast.com. Hello and good morning. This is Scott Wells for the Magic Word Podcast.com. And we are about to get on a, a magic carpet, not my normal magic carpet, and heading to the Winter Carnival of Magic. Going to uh, Knoxville, Tennessee, where Tom Forgehan, who's one of the uh, organizers, will pick me up and we'll be heading then down to uh, Pigeon Forge for the convention. It promises to be a pretty great one, a lot of really good entertainment. I know uh, Guy Bavley and uh, Galliad forgotten all the rest of the people who are going to uh, be there. Christopher T. Magician, um, golly, I don't remember <laughs> all the people. I think I'm going to be playing some part in this whole convention as well. Since they booked me, I'm supposed to do something. Not quite sure. I guess we'll figure out once we get there. Uh, also, as far as, yeah, this is not my uh, normal place. I'm uh, flying out of um, Bush Intercontinental and on United rather than on my typical Southwest magic carpet. And so it's because apparently Southwest does not fly into Knoxville. So I had to pay double in order to get into Knoxville. I could get into Nashville, but that's just too far of a drive to get over there. Anyhow, so that's just the way it is. <laughs> The way that um, Walter Cronkite used to uh, end his his uh, broadcast. Anyhow, that is the way that it is. And so, uh, I, while I'm here, got into the uh, United Club. They, they didn't notice that they have a uh, Dunkin' Donuts here. So, in the United Club, I know I could have some breakfast. So, I want to share a uh, little taste treat with you of something that I discovered that uh, you might want to try sometime. So, I had some scrambled eggs on a flour tortilla. Right? Okay. Then some bacon on top of that. Fine. All well and good. Just a regular kind of a breakfast burrito. Then you put some um, pineapple on the side. You can put pineapple actually on it, but I was actually eating it on the side. So the sweetness kind of combined with the rest of the saltiness and everything over there just adds a great little flavor. Now, you may not be someone who likes pineapple on pizza. If you're not, then maybe this may not be for you, but it is a different kind of a treat that I might uh, suggest whenever you get an opportunity to try something like that. And um, as I said, we're heading out, going to be a Talking, talking with a lot of people over the next few days and be uploading these podcasts. So be sure to come back from day to day to hear what they have to say and who it is that's saying it. So it does not appear that it's going to be as large of a convention as in previous years. From what uh, Tom Borgia had told me a couple of weeks ago, registration was down considerably over uh, their uh, normal figures in the past, but I guess they're starting to slowly get along, limp along, in order to try to get up to pre-pandemic levels. But uh, this is their 48th annual convention. I say annual because for a few years, of course, they didn't have it, but anyhow, picking it back up at number 48. So, have a little sip of coffee here just a second. Starting to get dry. Ah, yeah. That's some good hot black coffee. You gotta love it. Anyhow, getting ready to board here shortly. Gonna leave the club, go to the gate, get aboard, and it got nonstop to Knoxville, and then we're off from there. I think one of the uh, people I'm gonna be talking with uh, first off 
at least as far as uh, an upcoming episode that will be posted will be with Terry Evanswood. So uh, for those of you who are listening now, that's a little bit of a, a hint or actually a tip of who you'll be hearing in the future. Typically, I don't tell you who's coming up unless you subscribe to the pod letter, which I recommend, of course, that you uh, do. If you go to the themagicwordpodcast.com, there you'll see a little pop-up where you can subscribe to our weekly pod letter to let you know who's coming up from week to week. Uh, if not, then just keep tuning in to uh, these podcast episodes wherever you can get them through iTunes or Spotify or from iHeartRadio wherever. Anyhow, until I see you on the other side, this is Scotty out. Hey everyone, Tom Vorjan here, uh, talent chairman for the Winter Carnival of Magic. Very, very excited Less than 24 hours, uh, we're going to be up and running. Just picked up my buddy Scott. Scott, where are you? I just got in from Houston. Hey there, everybody. This <laughs> <is> Scott Wells. <laughs> Hello, this is Scott Wells from the MagicWordPodcast.com. We're, we're very excited to have the Magic Word Podcast uh, here at the convention, and you're going to be doing stuff every day. There's a lot of incredible people to talk to, a lot of history uh, in our 48 years. In fact, we're dedicating the convention to George Kimry who was there in the very beginning yep. and had been to all of them and uh, got it started. And uh, He just passed this last fall, was Yeah, it? February 23rd. Oh, so, just a couple months ago, yeah. Yeah, so we're very excited to have him. But uh, John Armstrong beat you in. Uh, he took the red eye out of L.A. and he's already, uh, he's, uh, he's napping at the, uh, at the hotel, I've been told. Uh, we're heading back to the theater right now to set up tables for the dealer's room. Uh, dealers set up in the morning. Registration starts at 11.30, and the dealers are open uh, right after that. So we are ready. Uh, it's a full convention, Scott. How's you that? still got some uh, room for people to register, I guess? Then? We do. You know, it's a 1,300-seat uh, oh, place. We, uh, we've never sold out. Uh, the day we sell out, I, I quit. Uh, that would be good. <laughs> um, that would be awesome. But, no, we'll, we'll have a couple. Between two and 300 magicians. Uh, uh, a lot of their spouses or partners or uh, even some children come, a few, older children usually. Well, room for you guys to come also. That uh, I know after you've just heard the first day of uh, updates, you'll probably think, how come that I'm not here? And so if you're anywhere within driving distance, you need to uh, come on down or come on up wherever you happen to be, north or south, I guess, of us, and to uh, enjoy the convention. Again, I'll be posting some daily updates. For our, uh, if you just go to themagicwordpodcast.com, if you've not heard of that before, that uh, podcast, you can uh, download the podcast wherever you get these uh, on Spotify or iTunes or iHeartRadio, wherever it is. Anyhow, you get the general idea, but each day I'll be reporting. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be coming. You should just be listening to those reports. That means that you should be inspired to come and, and at least be here for a, a couple of days. And if, right, if they miss, Wednesday, we still, it doesn't start yeah, till Thursday. It doesn't so. start till tomorrow. But if they miss this year, I guess they could come to our 49th or our 50th. I've already hired two acts for each of those years. Is that right? I'm not telling you yet. Sorry. <laughs> uh, you're just going to have to make plans to be here in March. It's always a good convention. I tell you, I've been coming for a long number of years. In fact, I remember one of the early ones. Max, some of you might recall I used to be the convention editor for Magic Magazine. And I recall 93, I think it was, when they had the blizzard of 93 in Gatlinburg. 24 inches of snow in yep. 24, 24 hours. hours. Yep, an inch an hour. And uh, I remember CNN coming in with a helicopter and they were taking photos of everybody and the problem was that those uh, who 
worked there couldn't get out, and uh, so we were trying to find places to eat. I think the only place was like a pizza place that was open. It was, yeah, it <laughs> was, was crazy. It was hard, and so the fun thing was because we had, what, just a bunch of magicians there. You want to do another day? Sure. So we had another extra day of uh, convention. Because nobody could get out. You couldn't go north, south, east, or west. Nope. Every road would shut it, down. It was all shut down, and I remember with... Uh, uh, Giovanni was uh, there, got to be good buddies with him, and uh, Steve Beam just knocked out of the park doing some very funny stuff. Uh, as Warren, usual, Warren Stevens, I think, did a, a lecture as well. He did, he did. Yeah. Uh, but anyhow, Denny had, and it's just, this has been, always been an epic convention. There was uh, uh, another fellow, Frank Furkey, who used to have some epic parties, uh, you know, years well, ago. Well, we have parties all. now, we have parties now, we have... Uh, uh, we have a final pizza party pizza that's in party, the lobby yeah. of the hotel, but we also, night Saturday, yeah. the night before on Friday night, uh, one of the friends of the ring invites everybody over to his uh, home, which is not just a home. It, it is not just a home. It is amazing. <laughs> <laughs> he has, I don't know how to explain all that. No, don't even bother. <laughs> just, you can't go if you're not at the convention. But it's, you'll be invited if you do. Yeah. So, uh we hope everybody can make it, and you're going to get to hear about it on the Magic Word Podcast if you do have to miss it. Uh, but mark your calendar for 2024. And, and also, come on up if you have nothing to do this weekend. I mean, it can be... Yeah, we saw a very reasonable one-day pass. I mean, there's going to be... Saturday alone, there'll be four lectures. Well, first of all, if you buy the show. whole thing, it's still less than $200. Yeah, well, so we, may, we may change that for next year. I don't know. It's uh, encourage people to sign up earlier. Yeah, well, to encourage you to sign up earlier. <laughs> That's exactly right. So, so we know how many are coming. Anyway, look forward to seeing everybody. Thanks, Scott. Scotty out. We have arrived and we are now in, actually, Pigeon Forge. We've already checked into the Ramada and um, having a little bit of a breakfast now. But part of the talent who's going to be here then is uh, John Sterlini. Hello, John. Good morning, good morning, good morning. And Tamara. Hey, Tam. Good morning. <laughs> and Jay's here as well, Jay. Howdy. How's everybody doing? We're fine. So <laughs> I, I'm here this morning just to talk with you guys uh, over breakfast to find out a little bit about, you said this is, Tam, your first time as well. So tell me about this and why you... Um, this is just one of my favorite areas to visit, and this is the probably the convention that I've most wanted to work since, well, John and I have been together almost 20 years now, and this is the one that's been at the top of my list, and it never worked out until this year, so there you go. And you told me that you, as a child you used to come here. Yes, I, pretty much every summer as a child growing up, my parents and I would come down to Pigeon Forge, and we would camp in the mountains, and my dad loves this area, so there we go. Now, back then, did they have Silver Dollar City, or was it Dollywood, or what did they have? They, had, they did have Dollywood, right? It had just opened. Wow. I'm really dating myself there, <laughs> but I remember going to it the first year it had opened, and that was quite the big to-do when we were down here. So, have you, as you continue to go back, I assume they added more rides and it just expanded. Or? Yes, yep. And fun fact, I auditioned for Dollywood about ten years ago, and I got cast, but it just it didn't work out with um, hey. the pay. <laughs> so, so there you go. I did not, I did not continue my career at theme parks. Down John's pays a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> room and board. Room and board. <laughs> she has a hell of a collection of shoes. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> and Jay, you were saying that you have come down here a few times, but actually passing through with the circus. Yeah, the only time I've ever stopped in Pigeon Forge was for Smoky Mountain Knife Works because they sell the throwing knives that I like to use in the circus. But uh, yeah, I've I've toured with circuses mostly, so I've done the Gatlinburg Circus, and I. When we're on the road, we're always too busy to stop. I'm always in a hurry to get to the next spot. Um, 
to set up the show. So I never really got to stop and enjoy it, so I'm looking forward to enjoying it. And which it. circus was that? That was Loomis Brothers Circus. Okay. And Loomis Brothers is a big three-ring circus. Uh, he's still touring right now. He's got a great show. If you get a chance to see Loomis Brothers, you won't regret it. And that's not to be confused with uh, Loomis the Magician, I guess. Is that right? Or? Um, Justin Loomis owns Loomis Brothers Circus. He told me that Dennis Loomis was his uncle. Oh, Okay. So, yeah. And Justin Loomis loves magic, the owner of Loomis Brothers Circus. So. And so do they have magicians, actually, or a magician performing with the circus? They've had uh, they've had magic acts on the circus. Loomis himself has performed illusions on the show, but I don't think there's any on there this year. When I worked with the show, I did a Wild West act, so I did knife throwing and whip cracking and rope spinning. And so when they are touring, uh, is it mainly in the Midwest, or do they tour the country, or where are they now? They go everywhere. They don't go to the West Coast very much, but all up and down the East Coast, the South, Midwest, I've been all over with Loomis Brothers in the few years that I worked with him. And you're still with him on and off? or No, uh, I just got back from working at Shrine Circus State for Circus Sational in Memphis, but um, I don't work for Loomis Brothers at the moment. Uh, who knows, I might again, but I don't right now. <laughs> that's, how, that's how it goes. You know. You, you go from show to show. Right now I work at Sterlini Theater, so I, I manage the theater and help with the shop. And that's what I do right now. I live in Colon, Michigan. Oh, my God. We'd be lost without Jay. He is so helpful. So. <laughs> Speaking of theaters, and also then, John, I know that um, uh, Dwayne Laughlin's theater had closed last year when I was in Colon for the for Abbott's Day. We're just uh, shutting down. Has anybody reopened that, or what do they have plans to do with that? you know? Don't really know currently. They do a uh, gospel night, which uh, Dwayne started. They still do that every other Sunday, is that correct? I think so. Um, but as far as what's going to happen with the venue, no one knows. So when there's a show every other Sunday, who's who's booking that? I mean, who's who's responsible for the theater? Is it the city or who's? Well, Carl Thornton. Okay. Uh, he owns a bi- uh, the building. Oh, of course, I guess. And uh, he owns course. the town. Yeah. <laughs> We're gonna. Thorntonville. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. We want to change the name to Thorntonville. So uh, I don't know. We call him the ambassador of Colon. So I think that's. That's appropriate, I think, uh, indeed. Absolutely. Speaking of which, last time that uh, you and Carl were in Houston, we had great dinner and a lot of fun. Awesome. <laughs> and I recommend that people go back and listen to uh, our podcast that we had uh, sit and chatted for quite a while. It was fun. Yeah, it was uh, pretty fun. Um, but, but the um, uh, uh, Carl owns the uh, Five Star Pizza uh, place that he uh, runs, which I always recommend that everybody stop by to, uh, to eat. Yeah, it is uh, really good. Not just because it's the only pizza place in town, right. is it? But but it's really good, best pizza I think around the region. You know, really, people would be coming in. Anyhow, uh, enough of that advertisement. So, <laughs> I'm sure he'll send you a check. But uh, are you and him involved with the Michigan Magic Day? We are not. Um, we did Michigan Magic Day. It was, Four or five years ago, um, yeah, because you advertise. I remember on the on the podcast. Correct. Uh, actually, the Marshall Ring uh, is in charge of it this year. So it'll be in Marshall, I guess. Then correct. And that's it's coming up pretty soon, isn't it? First, I think. Yeah. So just around. It is just a day. It's like Saturday, yeah, April first. Yeah. That's right. Basically, they have like a. It's going to be a pretty good event. It looks pretty cool. We won't be able to make it. We have things to do, but it it looks cool. I would definitely go if I could. When you say you got things to do, you're going to be traveling, touring? What do you guys... Uh... Actually, we're opening up our theater. Uh, and actually, next weekend, we have our uh, close-up weekend. 
Okay. And uh, so, only about that. <laughs> so, since we get back, we're getting ready for that. We have John Bannon and Tom Dombrowski. Dobrowski. Dobrowski. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I do the same thing. <laughs> I just we uh, Tom D. Sickly. It's yeah. like we're changing his name. It's Tom Dombrowski. I don't care. So. Tom Dobrowski, and then Nathan Cranzo is going to be our MC and host. And that's a two-day event. We're feeding the guys, so we have a taco bar one night, pizza one night, five stars sponsoring. Um, Oh. Yeah, and we have a flea market on Saturday morning. Then, like John said, John Bannon is lecturing and performing, and then Tom Dobro- Dobrowalski. John always messes me up on the name. Tom Dobrowalski is performing and lecturing as well. So. And we have a few seats available for that. Where can people sure. register for that? Yeah. Uh, MagicCapitalCloseUp.com. I think by the time this comes out, we might. It'll are, be in the morning. It'll, oh, it'll this go out tonight. Okay, yeah. So this is uh, the 16th and 17th. And we have Wait, a East- 17th. 17th, 17th and 18th. 18th. Yeah. yeah, that's what they said, 17th and 18th. That's Friday and Saturday. Well, you know, Jay. Not much. I just wander around and look aimlessly. So you're saying that your place depends upon him. Is that right? Sure. We'll, we'll go with that. Hey, I'm strong and I can move stuff, all right? Yeah. A girl always needs a man with muscles. That's all go. I'm saying. She tells us when we need to get dressed. Uh, and, you know. Well, you tell them about the website. Oh, yeah, the, the yeah uh, magiccapitalcloseup.com. And uh, yeah, they can register there. We only, and this isn't a marketing thing. I mean, we really yeah, right only now. have a few seats. Uh, I limited it to fifty-two seats. Fifty-two. Imagine that. <laughs> Where that number comes from? Fifty-two uh, and two jokers. So you say that your theater is going to be opening. Is that going to be like next door uh, or something? No, I mean, did you knock well, on a wall or? No, we're opening for the season. Oh, okay. So uh, we're starting in April because um, you know, Community Colon, it's seasonal. Right. So right. it's pretty much like a mor- Memorial Day through Labor Day. Um, although we went right through to yeah, we we start a little bit early to get things ramped up and get going. So that way, by the time summer actually hits, it's really going. So we'll start April first, and then we'll run all the way through. I think December we'll do our last variety show, and then we'll be done for the season until April again. And but you'll be continuing with your uh, Shirley Me Live Facebook page uh, things. Oh, right? yes. Yeah, we're in our uh, fourth year now. Is that right? Yeah, it's hard to believe that... Well, how many years have you been doing this? Uh, Twelve. Okay. It goes by fast. Yeah. been listening to your podcast for a long time. <laughs> for a long, long time. I'm coming up on number 750. In fact, I just recorded that uh, last week, and I'll tell you guys, and for anybody else who's listening might be interested, because I, I never tell people who's going to be coming in advance, but I'll let you in, and it's uh, Luis D'Amato's. Oh, cool. Nice. Always like having someone special for the 50th, you know. Uh, fun story for you. I remember being on the road in the circus, and I would listen to your podcast. Mm. And after about the fourth or fifth episode in a row, because we'd be driving for hours, <laughs> my girlfriend would just be, can we please, something else, please. Sound <laughs> <laughs> like my wife, you know. Dead, please, something else. But, yeah, I used to listen to your podcast driving down the road all the time, touring with the circus. Well, thank you. Thank you very much. I'm glad. To, thank you very much. I'm glad, I'm glad, glad you listened. Thank you guys very much for listening. And thanks also for your comments. Uh, good luck with the convention. And uh, you're going to be dealers as well? or Yes. Okay. So uh, we're doing the uh, Mayhem Auction tonight, which this is the first time. I mean, we've had people live in the shop and whatever. But this is going to be the first time with, like, a live group and then also our group uh, online. Yeah. So it, it's it's going to be interesting. The biggest thing, we just want to have fun. And you're going to be performing? Then we're performing on the Friday night show. Okay. Well, good luck. Uh, break a thread. And uh, enjoy the convention. Thank you. We'll see you guys. So, for the Magic Word uh, Podcast, that was Jay. And that was uh, John and Tam. We'll see you. Scotty out.
We're in the dealer's room right now, and uh, quite a few dealers. I'm going to say it looks like about 20 dealers, 22 dealers or so that are around here. This is all part of the Country Tonight Theater. So in the foyer where they normally will be selling their concessions, they uh, also have uh, dealers who uh, are set up then right now while the concessions area is closed then, of course. And I'm um, here then right now with one of the dealers, uh, Patrick Perzecki. Hey there, Patrick. Hey, hi, Scott. <laughs> Good to see you. And uh, you are I brought a lot of pads with you. Those of you who have been to any magic conventions of all, you've probably seen Patrick at one time or another. He makes it around to all of them. Not all of them every year, but quite a few of them each year. And uh, this is your first convention this year? You know, you were, of course, at uh, Magi Fest in Columbus. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, you sell the finest uh, pa- pa- pads, close-up pads. And they don't separate, so it's some sort of a special uh, bonding that you have, and so the heat doesn't bother it much, or what? Well, well I make these all myself, so I spray the glue, and I, I put on extra glue, so uh, it, it should never come apart. One of the uh, tips you had given me a long time ago is to make sure whenever it's your storing your mat or you're carrying your mat you fold it it's kind of counterintuitive but you fold it so the rubber is on the inside you roll it I yeah say. yeah uh, that helps with any mat when you do it the other way with the fabric on the inside it'll start to separate from the foam in the middle and you'll see creases and that's why that happens and you've also speaking of creases you've got then a special pad that actually folds that you can stick inside your coat pocket yeah we have the small ones that'll fit right inside your coat pocket all the way up to 17 by 26 inches that folds in threes, and we have a carry case that goes with that. Uh, that's, I call it the Armando, uh, because Armando Lucera is one of my uh, my ambassadors, and he just loves that style, So yeah. and, and named it after him. I like that also. I, I carry it around whenever I'm doing some uh, cocktail parties. When you're strolling, that's one thing, but uh, I mean, among people who are standing up, but if you've got a table, you can pull out of your pocket, and it's very convenient. Uh, one of the new processes that you've got that you're introducing here uh you have been doing uh the not silk screen what am i going to say but the, the printing on there before just the sewn what's that called we had printing we had uh, dye sublimation printing and now we do it in-house okay i also have uh, an awesome uh, embroidery lady that's what i was saying you had embroidery i got a yeah. wonderful pad that you made embroidery yeah i did all the ones for the um winter carnival a few years ago and uh so if you need a logo or make your mat look cool, uh, give me a call. That's what I always suggest. If you're going to be having a trade show you're going to be doing, particularly if you're going to be having the same client uh, multiple times, you should have their logo put on there. Don't have your your name put on there, but have actually a nice logo that's going to be embroidered on the pad. And if you could do it in the colors of the company, even all the better. But one of the things, again, I just... Uh, got from you was a great thing that uh, if you go to the magicwordpodcast.com you'll see a photo of this that shows Magic and Martini's Thursday. Thank you for making it. That is awesome. Yeah, it was my <laughs> pleasure, Scott. We've been together. We've known each other a long time and uh, I had fun doing it. And so uh, I just want you to see that kind of quality of uh, what this can look like so you don't have to have an embroidered. Is it when you're, when one is paying for this, let's say the same size pad, does it cost more or less if you have it printed embroidered versus this uh, printing process? Uh, no, it's the same price. It's $39. Uh, if you have a special logo, there's a setup fee that the embroidery company charges to make it into a program that they, that the computer can read, mm-hmm. but then you get that file, so if you ever want to get a shirt made to match it, oh. you can take it to your local uh, embroidery shop, and you'll have the, it's called a DST file, mm-hmm. and it'll plug it into their embroidery machine, and they, it's all good to go. 
Wow, that's very good. Well, you've got a lot of masks with you, and I'm sure you're going to be going through a lot of these because uh, there are a lot of close-up guys here. We have a pretty good uh, turnout here this year. Yeah, this is exciting. I haven't been here in a few years, so it's uh, great to come back down to Tennessee. Well, it's good to see you, Patrick. Good to spend time with you, and good luck. Thanks, Scott. So the Magic Word Podcast. That was Pat's Mats and uh, Patrick Prosecki. Scotty out. John, this is, is this your first, uh, I mean, I'm here with John Armstrong, by the way. Hey, John, sorry. <laughs> right into it already. That's right. Here he is, John Armstrong. I, yeah, it's a conversation. You always say it. It's, it's just a conversation. It is. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I am. Uh, this is my first winter carnival of magic. I'm super stoked to be here. I'm uh, lecturing and performing. Yeah, awesome. And you're lecturing today at 4 o'clock. Lecturing today at 4 o'clock, yep. And then when is your performance? Uh, I think Saturday. I'm in the Saturday night show. So people who might be coming in tomorrow on Friday, you're missing his lecture, but you're going to have a booth or someplace you can have I want to have a booth, but if you see me around, I mean, I, I'm, I'm here to attend the convention. I'm not here to do my lecture, hide out for my hotel room, <laughs> and then come back. Yeah. You know, I, I want to actually hang out. So if you see me around and there's stuff you're interested or you heard about me doing, um, that I, can, I can show you and definitely sell it to you because I'm all happy to sell you stuff. You were saying yesterday that you had, you were telling me, uh, this is a brand new lecture, some stuff. Yeah, brand new lecture. That you're going to be selling, and one of the things is the uh, ring on tie? Ring on tie. So it's been a routine I've been doing for about uh, 10 years now, and um, it's essentially a ring and rope. Uh, George Sands, Pavel, David Williamson, you know, moves all in there, um, but with a tie as opposed to a rope, and there's a definite ending, and the ending is that you're able to take the tie and um, change it into a bow tie. It's a long, you know, normal yes, right. tie. And then you change it into a bow tie, and you wear that bow tie throughout the rest of the show. So it's just a way for not only you to do a routine that has a lot of strong magic beats that plays very big because of how big and thick a tie is. Right. Um, it all And uh, it gives a motivation for all of the, the moves and for the, uh, the routine itself. And it really trains the audience to respond to you. It gets, it's a way to teach them to, like, here's where you applaud, guys. Here's where you cheer. You know, you really put them in there. So it really works really well for family audiences. And then it has a nice cap that when the tie, bow tie, is now on you, they remember that you did magic. And it's for the rest of the show, you're wearing this thing that is the instant way for them to remember, oh, wow, he changed that from one thing to another thing. And it's a way to really sort of anchor them into remembering how good you are, how amazing you are. And uh, it's part of my um, sort of thing that I've been pushing. It's, it's going to be part of the uh, product line and the, uh, the sets of books and stuff I'm working on um, where I think that you have to be able to really... Um, train the audience, train them to do uh, what we want them to do. We need to unite the audience, build them, uh, make them feel less like individuals and more like a group, so they all together uh, engage them, engage them so that, and that sort of works in hand in hand with the uniting them, um, so that they are constantly being um, stimu- have stimulus, so that they feel like they're actually part of the experience. Because the big difference between us and a screen is that we can give them interactivity that they can't get by watching a screen. And we have to remind them uh, of that as much as possible. That's what really sets us apart. That's why we can still survive in this incredible electronic era. And then last, we have to impress them. We have to make sure that they are actually impressed, that when they came in for a magic show, they get to see some actual magic. And uh, this routine has that. It has all the things in there. So I'll be lecturing on that. I'm lecturing on another uh, Cards Across with Uno cards and a dry erase board, which is, in my mind, the best family uh, family show version of that you could possibly do. Uh, And then I have... 
have a bunch of things that will be coming out through my site, Armstrong Magic, emphasis on the strong magic, um, where I will be talking about um, these things I just mentioned, um, and then more products of that ilk, ways to frame your show. Uh, basically, about 10 years ago, I decided I just wanted to be a stand-up magician, stand-up performer, and uh, these are my thoughts um, that I've been doing since then. So You yeah. haven't put the plunger away completely, though. No, I still do it uh, as a camera and screen piece. It's the only close-up trick I still do on a regular basis, and I do it on stage with a camera and a screen. I'll be talking about that today as well. Um, and how to frame a close-up piece on stage so that it actually plays better um, and doesn't feel like, oh, why am I watching TV mm-hmm. when I could be doing that back in my, in my room? Right, yeah. right. That is a fine line. I often wonder about that whenever I see some people. It's like, well, this was good, but I could have watched that video. Right, and I think that's, that's, the, that's the secret. That's, what, again, where it's the engaging them as much as possible, making sure that they are reminded that they're in the now and in the present, and they're not feeling like everything is being passively uh, served to them. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I like that. And so for, for people who are going to be coming here, they should, if they don't hear your lecture today, they can catch you uh, later and see yeah, what you have I'm left be, of, from I'm, here. And sure. Stuff. If you see me around and uh, what if I have left. they're not here, where do they go to uh, your website? Uh, yeah, they go to my website. Eventually, it'll be, Armstrong, it'll be armstrongmagic.com. Um, it'll be just uh, the shop, you know, uh, for magicians. Yet. No, I'm, I'm launching it after this weekend. So that's the okay. thing. I'm basically, uh, <laughs> I, I built this. Um, all the ring and ties are custom made. Like a seamstress actually makes yeah. the ties. Includes the ring and everything. Yeah, includes an, a really weird ring, too. It's really fun. <laughs> Um, so it's all part of the routine, but the ties are custom made. So um, getting them done on a regular basis is tough, and so I want to make sure I have some. In, uh, I want to have some for this convention, and then I want to make sure I have some in stock before I put it online. And so you've been working feverishly on that even up till this morning, it's <laughs> early morning. Absolutely true. Yeah, putting it all together in my uh, my custom house made. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't expect that this is going to be anything inexpensive, but it is something that's custom made because it's going to be pretty much one of a kind. Not many people are going to be able to have this. Oh, yeah, Plus, you get complete performing rights with this. Yes, performing rights. You can do whatever you want with it. I'm, I, I, television yeah, as well. Television as well. If they want to do it on TV, you're welcome to. You've not performed this yet, I guess, on AGT or Penn and Teller. Or no, or? I've not done any. I've not done it there. No. Yep. Uh, so, so you're looking forward to having a good time at this convention, kind of hanging out and everything. Yeah. Then, so I'm going to hang out in session, do card tricks and stuff. <laughs> but you know, that's the, my hobby is doing card tricks now. My 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 living is doing family shows for Disney. So, well, yeah, I think what's kind of fun is we look around over here. There are like a half dozen tables, and they all have close-up pads on the table, yeah. ready for session. That's right. People in the dealers, yeah, in the dealers, room. where they should be, yeah, exactly. hang out and do stuff. That's awesome. This is the place. Yeah, yeah. So, if you guys have uh, not registered for this convention and you're hearing this report, uh, you and you're anywhere in the area, you need to come on down. This this is uh, going to be great. Uh, it's an, uh, again, some good lectures this afternoon and shows, but everything really, uh, even though we're kicking off this afternoon, I think at one thirty is the first uh, event or something? Yeah, th- 1.30 is uh, the Sterling lecture. David Ginn's after that. I'm at 4 o'clock. Um, so, yeah, I mean, good stuff today, good yeah, stuff tomorrow. Full day tomorrow, yeah. Yeah, full day tomorrow. And, and shows tonight, too. So Yep. So, uh, again, if you uh, are not here, uh, then come as quickly as you can. If you can't, for whatever reason, and you're overseas and just can't make it, then uh, please continue to listen to the daily updates over here. We had a great time then last night. John and I and a few other people went over to Tearing Evans Woods Mystery Mansion. Amazing. (laughs) I was just, I mean, just the collection of stuff. Slash, not just magic. No, just <laughs> things. Like, he, he was very clear that he collects collections, yeah. and he wasn't kidding. Right. He has collections of just the most random but very cool stuff. And as a 
you know, my interests outside of magic are related to like comics and uh, and theme park rides. And for him to have like all of this stuff from like really obscure theme park rides, like it was amazing. He literally had the main character from this defunct attraction from the old um, Sword Dollar City, which was now which is now Dollywood. What I remember seeing in the '90s, and I was it blew my mind that he had that thing. I think both of your minds were equally blown because he didn't know you were among the group of the few of us and, and the background that you have consulting with Disney yeah, and working on the Disney, rides yeah. and, he's, and he collects a lot of this stuff. It's like, wait a minute, you know about dark rides? I mean, the two of you, it was just both like a mutual admiration society all the Yeah, day. it was two magicians geeking out but not about <laughs> magic. We were, we were just like, hey, you know about this thing? Oh, yeah. Let's, uh, yeah, it was pretty great. Uh, I, yeah, I loved it. Uh, what, what an amazing thing. And if you were ever in Pigeon Forge, you one should see his show, um, and I'll fully admit I've not seen it, but I just assume it's amazing because any guy with that you know that that sort of like thought put it, put it when he showed right. us last night right. Right. is got it. That show's got to be amazing, and and then it, you you can buy and go on this tour, mm-hmm. and you should do home. this tour or this home, and it is amazing, and you one hundred percent should do it. I think it's on Tuesday, Thursdays, and Saturdays that he has the tour of his home, and I think he said it was like twenty nine ninety five for the tour, and then another ten bucks for the. Or the magic show that follows afterwards, uh, but uh, the the tour itself can last anywhere from an hour and a half to eight hours, I guess. You know. Yeah, he was just doing stuff, and and, and, and as a magician, I mean, obviously, magicians are listening to this. The collection of cool magic history stuff was amazing too, but that was like one part, one of, part of it. This insane collection. Yeah, you have to go down on this. Uh, coal mine elevator yeah. thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, he's got theme park ride elements in it. In it's his house. insane. And his, old, his house was built pre-Civil War, and he's got a lot of things talking yeah. about the Civil War and his collection. From the, we just we haven't touched on this, but it includes P.T. Barnum, the Titanic. I mean, he's got bedrooms that are devoted to this. He's got, uh, uh, during Halloween, he's got uh, some stuff that he dresses up, I guess, he's, where you kind of walk through this yeah. this freak museum that he's... Uh, Willy Wonka room? Willy Wonka, I forgot almost about that. The Willy Wonka room, uh, great magic poster. Uh, and it's an amazing like dorama of like his ultimate dream theme park oh, that's he, right. yeah, that he has all the models that he made like all, all you know and it's a whole room yeah. just yeah it's a hundred percent worth uh, going down and seeing that's right and it is open to the public you just need to make reservations when you come to Pigeon Forge to see that anyhow we were delighted to see that and I uh, recorded a uh, an episode with him as we kind of walked through that, and it was about an hour and a half, which I'll have to break up into a couple of future episodes. But uh, it, it is uh, a feast for the ears and certainly for the eyes. So look forward to that. Yeah, totally cool. Yeah, yeah. John, thanks very much. Always good to catch up with you, then, man. Hey, buddy, thanks. And so you're getting ready to head out on a cruise ship on mission next week at the castle. Yes, I will not be uh, at the castle. I'll be uh, back on uh, the Disney Fantasy. That's where I'll. You've been working with Disney since you were like 13. Uh, well, I mean, I, I had, like, a Disney theme park job when I was a teenager, you know, like, getting people on rides and sweeping yeah. up and stuff. But I had my show at Epcot when I was 20, and then uh, and my mentor, Terry Ward, he worked at Disney for 30-some-odd years. I, he's a guy who I saw, and I went, that's what I want to do for the rest of my life. So, And then he became, like, my teacher, my mentor. And um, so Disney's had a huge impact on me as far as being magic-wise, I would say, huge. And then I started working for them and performing for them and have been in some capacity for, gosh, I'm uh, 47 now since, you know, 27 years. Yeah, well, congratulations. And uh, thanks a lot for being my friend and for being here and hanging out. So uh, have a great huh? convention. Okay, we'll see you. It's over the Magic Word Podcast. That was John Armstrong. Scotty out.
continuing around in the uh, dealer's room over here, one of the people I've got the last evening, of course, we were, uh, I mentioned about the museum, actually, actually the house that Terry Evanswood lives in that is a museum, that he conducts tours through that, but another person who uh, conducts tours and works at the American Museum of Magic, who has driven down here from Marshall, Michigan, I've got with, actually, you're not from Marshall, <laughs> I've got with, you're from Lansing, I guess, from Grand Rapids, Grand Rapids is Jeffrey Allen, hey Jeffrey. Hello. <laughs> So glad that you made it down. Had a nice trip then last night. You, yeah. And speaking of which, you were actually staying at Terry's home in the in the, the Titanic, in the Titanic room. room. And wow. I always get a sinking feeling when I walk in. But, Ba-doom-boom. okay, I love that. <laughs> He's probably heard most of them <laughs> by this point. So you're going to be there throughout the weekend and heading home Sunday, like yes. the rest of us. How many of these uh, winter carnivals have you come to? I can't even... Remember. A lot. Yeah. You come to... Okay. Yeah. That's how far of a drive? Four hours? Five hours? From from Grand Rapids to yeah. here, it's close to nine. Wow. Okay. It's full day yeah. to get here. Yeah. Uh, and what is it that makes you want to come back to this convention? What's about... This is one of the most... The smaller, but it's one of the most uh, fun of the smaller conventions. Mm-hmm. And I remember we really came together in March of 2020... At the end of the week, they announced that there was some kind of virus or something, and we all need to go home and be safe. Yeah. It was the last convention, the last magic convention before the shutdown. Yeah. And I told Tom that this was the best convention of the year. That year? (laughs) Yeah. Unequaled. Yeah. (laughs) Nothing competed with it. Literally. (laughs) It was a good convention. Uh, So what makes it good is because the performers, the people, the... uh, the fact you get to, uh, because it is small, you get to see everybody. I mean, all the things, obviously. Yeah, it's a ring-sponsored event. And typically, you know, a local rings don't put on this kind of a um, thing this this large at this, at this scale. That's true, because it does draw people from all over. I mean, you look at some of the talent that they've got that they brought in from around the world, including uh, Artem, Artem Shukin uh, from Russia, who was a FISM winner. Uh, as well as uh, different people. I mean, I mentioned John Armstrong, we just talked to him a moment ago, uh, coming in from L.A. And so we got people from across the country and around the world who uh, come in uh, to this convention year after year. And they do uh, have some top talent. And I'm sure the guys come in and think, you know, we're in the Smoky Mountains. Never heard of the Smoky Mountains in some cases. You know, and they get here, it's like, this is really great. When I reach or come around the bend in Kentucky there, I, I turn on Ronnie Millsap, Smoky Mountain Range. <laughs> that's funny. That's, that's a good one, just to kind of get you in the mood. For, for everything. And so, uh, have you ever lectured here or talked about uh, the American no, Museum? But, um, dare I say, we were at the unconventional convention last year mm-hmm. um, in Kentucky, which is about, oh, what is it, two hours from here, three hours? You know, Mike Woodward's yeah. unconventional. Yeah, yeah. Lexington. I, I lectured there and performed okay. last year. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're talking to Tom about that. Because you and Angelina also uh, perform uh, Noah at Abbott's uh, yes. there each year. Yep. Yeah. Um, and as far as the uh, uh, stuff, are you are you adding more things? I mean, you have your own things in your lecture that you sell and, and your own things that you create. But do you have uh, things that you come here that you think, oh, you know, I've heard about this trick, but I want to buy something? Or you just kind of look to see what's... Yeah, I see what's new, see what's yeah. happening. The Sterlinis are here. That, yep, that's from Colin, yeah. speaking of which. So, yeah. yeah. And uh, so what's new, what's happening at the museum? The museum is supposed to open April 1st. We have a little glitch with the new director, but we're still anticipating opening. But what's interesting about this year is it's the 45th anniversary of the museum. Mm -hmm. And on opening day, we're coordinating that with Michigan Magic Day. 
and that's the sponsored by one of the local rings in Michigan. It's April first. April first. Yeah. You're not fooling. No fooling. Okay. Well, you know, Bob opened them. That is Robert Lund of the museum opened it April first, nineteen seventy-eight. I think on purpose. <laughs> I believe also that that's his birthday. Oh, is that right? Okay. Come to think of it. Yeah. So, or I, actually, a, a friend of mine who was a traveling magician was born on April 1st. Are you going to be having a some sort of a commemorative poster or something that's available, particularly yes. for those who are donors? Yes. Well, uh, the poster this year is uh, Leroy. Mm-hmm. It's a real nice uh, poster from the 1890s, uh, reprint on canvas. If someone were to give $100 or more to the museum for membership, the annual membership, they would receive that in the mail. Last year was Susie Wanda's, I believe, right? Yes. And you've had Blackstone, of course, and several others, mm-hmm. you know, each year. Yeah. That uh, And so these are tax-deductible donations because it's 501c3? Yes. Okay. Yeah, your membership is tax-deductible, 100%. So that's something that, uh, as your listeners uh, should look into, if you want to uh, help sponsor a, a, a great, what can I say, landmark. I mean, this is uh, something very important to the magic community that is, I mean, David Copperfield's got his museum, but that's a private museum, and it's difficult for most to get into that. This is something that's open and available. Even though you say the season's starting, you can still see it by appointment. Yes. Yeah. And if they were to Facebook me or something, mess, you know, message me, I would mm-hmm. be willing to come down. It's a 90-minute drive for me, mm-hmm. but I always love to give the magicians only tour. I tell you, when uh, you and I were together with uh, Harry Jacobson up in Detroit, it was good because we used your contact to go to the Paquette Museum, yes. and uh, that was a marvelous uh, tour of one of um, uh, Henry Ford's early uh, plants. His first building he ever owned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that was it's a man. It's, it that is was amazing. Great. I really, really love that. And now, and now, our former director of the museum, um, Sarah, is the director of the R.E. Oldsmobile plant oh, okay. in Lansing. Mm-hmm. So next time you're back in town, we'll go to the Lansing um, Oldsmobile. Okay. I'll make plans to stay a little bit longer and do that. I enjoyed it. Jeff, thanks very much. Okay. <laughs> Good talking Talk to you. Enjoy again. the convention. Thank you. Okay. So with the Magic Board Podcast. That was Jeffrey Allen, or Jeffrey Broderick. <laughs> this is Scotty Allen. Continuing in the dealer's room, speaking of dealers, here is a dealer who is not a dealer. Let me see if I can rephrase that. I've got Tim Felix with me. who He's not a dealer at this convention. We're in the dealer's room, though, and he was a dealer, but he's closed Midwest Magic, the physical shop, but he still has an online shop. So he was a dealer, is a dealer, still is a dealer, right? Except that okay. the online shop is now on hiatus as well. Okay. The, I came to the conclusion that, first of all, after starting to move and having a big storage unit, which ended up being two, which ended up being three, which ended up being <laughs> four that I packed to the door, I can't access anything. So I've got a lot of work ahead of me. So my web guy who's wanted to change my whole platform and update the technology, yeah. I just had lunch with him on Monday. And, you know, if it takes a month, fine. If it takes three months, fine. Six months, fine. I don't care. Take your time. I'm kind of enjoying being able to take a deep breath. Well, after so many years, because you've been there 24? 26 years. years. Okay. Yeah, a long yeah. time. And, hey, I get to breathe. Everybody everybody I know, I get the people coming up going, are you how okay? are you feeling? Yeah. Are you okay? Is everything okay? How are you? I'm thrilled. Yeah. I, I'm, it's called relief. It's, it's wonderful. I can, I can come down here. And relax. And I don't have to be on the computer all the time responding to people and sure. doing all... This is great. It's really nice. Yeah. So. Well, as you say, you got like three containers and everything. And I know you told me before you use just-in-time 
accounting, so you have like one of everything. And if you need another, well, you get I, another one. I, so it's not like you have a lot of stock. So if you have my, one of everything, it's a my, lot my of stuff. My ideal inventory level is one. Now, obviously, yeah. you know, there's things that you know, sure. I end up buying dozens of. and But the ideal inventory stays one. Mm-hmm. But I carry 14,000 different items. Yeah, right. So that's, a that's a lot of stuff. That's a lot of stuff. So. And so you are keeping all that then in a warehouse, or where? I mean, as far as I'm when you're going to have the online, it's all stuff. in storage. Okay, but when let's say that somebody wants, if, uh, if somebody wants an invisible something. deck, you're going to have to go to the storage house. Or? It's not happening right now. Well, no, no, I know. Let's say three I, it, months from now when you got well, the online. How, yeah, how you, the idea will be that I will, if I get something ordered, I'm building my office out in my home. Yeah. And if I get orders, wife's okay with all that. Well, I've got a very understanding wife. You must have. I, I own a magic shop. <laughs> First off, I've got the most important prerequisite for owning a magic shop. I have a wife with a job. Okay. Second, she's very understanding and very patient. So, yeah. and, I've, and right now she's patient because the last of the stuff coming out of the shop got packed into the living room. I mean, I've got a house full of crap now. So it's, it's insane. But I'm building my office out in the basement because it used to be my lifting room and as you get older the lifting bench becomes less and less of a lifting bench and more and more of a clothes hanger i understand so yep so i gave that all away and now i'm building out the office and i'll be able to work on stuff down there if i get orders and then head over to the storage place pull it and ship it uh that'll be your day that's the idea so there won't be people coming over and hanging out? Or no. That's you won't the, be fixing hot dogs? And, that's the part that I'll miss. Yeah. But... And a Cracker Barrel kind of uh, aspect of hanging out. Yeah. Is, was it, was, that was, it was the clubhouse. Yeah, exactly. For an awful lot of people, so... It was. We'll miss that part. Now, you had some uh, full-time employees at one point, and then a little of time they kind of went to part-time. Did, was Tom Dobronowski a... And, uh, Tom, like the others... They were whitewashing the fence, as, okay. as I like to put it. I had a bunch of guys that, Sawyer, yeah. that, that hung around, that, and, and several guys, I think Tom pointed it out in something you posted, There's, there were half a dozen guys that would go ring themselves out. You know, they'd be back there and they'd get a bunch of stuff out from yeah. in the counter or whatever. Then they'd walk over and run their credit cards, and, <laughs> you know, it was an amazing system. Yeah, yeah. So, well, whenever that you were putting all this stuff together, I was watching the post, and it was kind of sad. But I was so glad, though, to see all the people like Steve Chesney and all the friends who were there helping you. Oh, everybody kicked in because... Yeah. Uh, what a daunting task otherwise. I, I don't know if you, if you know uh, Keith Cobb, but he killed himself in this move. I mean, he worked his finger to the bone. Mm-hmm. And everybody put in time mm-hmm. and you know, boxing stuff. and everything. Now, as things got later... And yeah. it got further towards the end. You're just tossing stuff? It became a little less organized, and they <laughs> dropped off on their, their labeling of boxes the way it started, which yeah. is going to be part of the problem. But we got through it. You had my like last about a dozen day, people, didn't you? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. My last day was a 41-hour workday. I've never done that in my life, and I could never do it again. I don't have it in me. Oh, my gosh. But it started out being only a 24-hour workday. And I got home at 4.30 in the morning after 24 hours of working and thought, gee, now I'm just going to collapse. And I couldn't fall asleep. Yeah. So it ended up being 41 hours. Just Man. insane. So you were just bringing in food or having uh, Uber Eats bringing in stuff or yeah, something? Well, so you just kept working uh, and the other order, guys... Order another pizza, and, you know, yeah. go out, grab a bunch of burgers, whatever. 
some guys probably went home, took a nap, came back, and uh, continued on. And well, I was I was the idiot who put in the forty-one hours, yeah. but that's you know you kind of have to. It's yeah. my place. I could hardly leave and have other people. <laughs> well, as I busy understand it, then also away. was the reason that you had closed was just because of the uh, the rent going up and everything. And to I me, mean, as far as the background, okay, guy, I I was there for twenty-six years on a handshake. Mm-hmm. Never had a lease. Well, I had a lease the first year. After that, never had a lease. And for many years, my landlord was the mayor of the town, mm-hmm. which was great. Anyway, he had had the building for sale for several years. Finally, somebody bought it. He had never seen the property. He lives in Virginia. And I don't know where he did his comparisons. I'm guessing, oh, Elmhurst, Oak Park, uh, Naperville. And Elmhurst, Oak Park, and Naperville are not Franklin Park. Okay. So Franklin Park is a little more of a depressed community. Mm-hmm. So he came back and tripled the rent. All This is after promises up and down. Nothing's going to change. Everything's going to stay the same. Right. Then all of a sudden, here's a new lease. It was triple the rent. Wow. And a, a $3,600 deposit and uh, incremental increases for the next several years. And, uh, you know, if you do anything, you've got to pay for this, you've got to pay for this, you've got to pay. And I look, I, there's no way. It's not going to happen. You don't make money. You don't make money in a magic shop in the first place. Right. So I, there's no way I can do it. So then you, know, you He's treating it. like another regular restaurant or a regular business. And a magic shop is completely unique. Well, the magic shop also is going to be an empty storefront. My guess is for a long time there are six other empty storefronts within one block of the magic shop. And he's, so he's going to add that to it, but he tripled everybody in the building. There were five businesses in the building. Everybody has left. Was he expecting, do you think, it's hard to get into the guy's mind, but do you think he was wanting intentionally for everyone to leave and he's got an idea maybe of raising the place and rebuilding? My, my initial reaction was I thought he was going to knock the building down and build condos or, right. or assisted living or something right. Right. something in that space. Right. He's, he's putting money, not a lot, but he's putting money into the building. And now the building is still a piece of garbage. It's old, yeah. Yeah. But he had carpenters on one side. He had tile guys on the other side. But they're not going to lease out at the prices at the he's prices expecting. No, so, not for that we'll area. See. That's interesting. I don't well, care. I have little interest in Franklin Park anymore. It's okay. Well, I just wanted to know some of the background. Some of the listeners, I think, you know, was curious about that uh, then as well. So thanks very much. And good luck with uh, the online. I appreciate it, Scott. Once it's open, what will be the website? It'll be the same website. It'll be midwestmagic.net. And... Uh, Hopefully, uh, it happens uh, fairly soon. Yeah. Good luck. Thank you, sir. Good to see you, Tim. Take care. Sir, the Magic Word Podcast. That was Tim Felix. Scotty. We've just finished the auction with the Sterlini auction, which was really a cool evening event. It was something that Tom Vorjan was wanting to try for the first time, and hopefully he'll do that again in the future. The idea is every Thursday night, John Sterlini has the uh, Magic Mayhem auction online, so people can... uh, can bid online. He has about a dozen things or so. Uh, some are collector's items, some are not. They can go anywhere from a few bucks to a few hundred dollars. Uh, but anyhow, when you couple that with all of the people who were uh, in the audience and it kind of added to the fun and frivolity, I guess, of that, of everybody bidding, and so it's a lot of fun. But then uh, tomorrow we're going to be having a close-up contest. I'm here with Ed Ripley, uh, and you might know Ed very well because he's competed and won in several contests, been on 
Penn and Teller Foolis, and he is with me right now. Hey there, Ed. Hey, how you doing, Scott? Long time no see. Yeah, because of COVID, we haven't oh, been yeah. defectors in such a long time. Normally, yeah. it's where we see each other all the time. Yeah. So, um, what have you been doing to stay busy, Scott? <laughs> That's a good one. How would I do? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> So you're going to be working with the uh, close-up contest. Is that something that they've had before? Is this new kind of an idea? So we've had the close-up contest every year, Um, and uh, our our contest is – usually we have some pretty good acts. Uh, A lot of people will consider this to be one of the better uh, magic conventions, and so a lot of people will use this as one of their resume uh, if they win first place at uh, at the Winter Carnival, they use that as one of their resume builders until they get uh, to the to the world level um, stage. So, did you ever compete here? Uh, yes. So I did one of the years that we that members were allowed to compete, and I got first place um, with the hip hop act that I did at the World Championship, and I did it at. Uh, um, IBM. At IBM, yeah, got a standing O from a bunch of really awesome kids. Yeah, it was. It's a very good act. Uh, so now you are the uh, chairman then for the contest. Yeah, Shank and I are co-chairs. Uh, Shank is a tremendous administrator. He's uh, um, fantastic at keeping things straight. Uh, the two of us are working on it um, to make sure that everything flows smoothly. I've been doing most of the correspondence and sending stuff back to him. Mm-hmm. This year we're going to do the selections a little bit different. Normally we sh- they show up and we have a deck of cards, one through ten, and the people go in the order. Well, what we've noticed is sometimes there'll be two mentalism acts right back to back or two matrix acts or two very similar card tricks next to each other. So what we're doing is we're still going to uh, go back to the room. We're going to randomly draw people's order so it's fair. But we are going to take some administrative license to where we can scoot an act in front of or behind another one to make the show flow a little bit better. So we're going to do as little uh, movement as possible, but every time that we do it, we want it to be in favor of the performer. Do you vet the uh, acts then? In other words, do, you, do they have to send in videos or do they just send you a, a list saying, here are the tricks I'm doing? So we had them send in a list. We had them send in uh, basically their requirements as far as a table, chairs, and stuff so we would know what setups they need so we can coordinate that quite easily. So it's open to all, basically, but they had to register in advance. Yeah, we did not have uh, tryouts or anything else. We do have all 10 slots filled. Uh, Some of the acts I've seen before and I know are uh, good, solid acts, and the other ones will be surprises. Uh, This is a great place for people to come if they want to cut their teeth with a regional uh, magic convention because um, it's a very uh, friendly, open atmosphere. You've been here, what? Mm -hmm. I've been here a dozen times. Yeah, you've been here a lot. Uh, And we've got an extremely friendly convention, and uh, afterwards – that we share a lot of the information on the score sheets we'll share back with the contestants to try to make their act better the next time they improve it. And uh, if they want to talk to uh, want to talk to me or one of the judges afterwards for ideas, um, there are a lot of people, as you know, here that are willing to share information to try to make magic stronger because when magic is better, all the magicians are going to do better, right? We all benefit. That's right. We if we share, benefit. that's right. And c- yeah. collaborate. You know, that's that's very true. Well, there are some clubs or, and organizations that do not have feedback. It's basically the judges are 
are anonymous and you don't know who they are and they don't want to be known. They don't want to have to necessarily be responsible for telling you what their their judging criteria have been, uh, which I don't agree with. I think it's important that we do share and collaborate. As you said, then, Ed, that moves magic forward if people know what they did right and wrong. Yeah, so um, we sent out uh, the rules as well as our score sheets to each of the contestants so mm-hmm. they know – how many points they're going to get for appearance, how much they're going to get for originality, how much they're going to get for stage presence and everything else. And then afterwards they can uh, react to those scores and ask questions if they've, if they've got questions, but by giving them the, the stuff in advance, the score sheets in advance, they know what to expect and what to prepare for and what to weight more heavily. Uh, And I think it's, it is uh, good because I've been in a, a number of uh, conventions where um, it's just they just assign points arbitrarily and the one with the most points wins. When we do our our discussions afterwards, we'll look at the points and if there's an obvious winner, then obviously that's a first, second, third type thing. However, almost every year what we find is somebody that's got a truly unique act or somebody that's doing an act that's hauntingly similar to someone else's and some of the judges will not recognize that so if we had somebody that did an act that was extremely close to a professional act uh, a person's working repertoire and it was not original um, we can come in and as we do those discussions we can temper that into the mix Uh, if they somebody does something that's extremely difficult um, a sleight of hand that's extremely difficult some judges may see and recognize what he's done and other ones may just not even know what happened so uh, by some of the judges being instructed what is more difficult what's more original uh, we can also make better judges so that next time they're a little bit more familiar with with uh, the program. Well, it's important that you have people who are going to be professionals that are in the mix. I mean, you can have some that are not yeah. professionals and others, but I remember when I've been judges in several uh, yeah. conventions, I, I've had people who I yeah. respect, and I thought, man, this is original that this particular guy is doing, and then Roger Klaus saying, no, he's doing so-and-so's move. Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't realize that, you know, but he knows, or maybe I know something he doesn't know. Yeah. You know? And, and Back in the day, Roger's long yeah. gone. And often we'll have a judge that's a, a total layman so a person who's a, what we would call a muggle um, in, the, in the judging role as well because their experience of magic and our experience of magic is completely different. Mm-hmm. So um, we try to make sure that when we pick judges, they're picked so that we can get a, a well-rounded experience and well-rounded feedback for the participant. But right. we also want to make sure that we're uh, we're very sure that the first, second places are are awarded to the people that that truly deserve them. So there's in the past, I don't know that it happens every year, but every, once in a while we'll get somewhere their score sheet may end up ahead of someone else's, and then the discussion and dialogue ends up we all come to a consensus. We we won't leave the room until we have a consensus. Yeah. Clearly, one was better first place one was clearly second place um but but lots of times uh, as you know there are discussions and information that i may not have or you may not have or uh that that 
is definitely going to, to sway those decisions. Right, so. right. Have to have a good mix of people in there, yeah. too. Well, I, it's good. Thanks very much. I appreciate hearing uh, that. And if people who are thinking of coming to the convention after you've been hearing this, uh, the contest will have already taken place, but uh, you need to sign up then for next year and practice your act and get something together then for next year's Winter Carnival number 49. Yes, yeah, so we've already started the, um, the lessons learned sheet for next year, Shank and I. So we've already started some things that we need to tick off so that we can do it better. Shank and I have done helped with the the close-up contest in the past, but uh, at this point, we've never done it all ourselves. So we've started doing seeing what we can do to make it better for the contestants next year as well. Good idea. Well, we so, need to get, yeah. get one. It sounds like that they're starting the next activity, which is going to be uh, Bill Gladwell is going to be doing his hypnosis act. He's been doing this for a while now, I think about a year and a half or so, up in the Wisconsin Dells. And uh, he used to work in Gatlinburg, uh, not too far away from us here at Pigeon Forge. And so he's coming back. And so it's been a few years since he's actually done the HIP Act, because he's been doing mentalism, I think, actually, yep. up in um, in uh, Wisconsin Dells. So sounds like it's going to be some fun. Ed, thanks very much. Good luck then uh, with that, and uh, enjoy the convention. Thanks, and I'll see you uh, at 4F in April. It's not far from now, like about a month from today. Yeah, so. <laughs> I've, I've picked out a bottle of scotch and some cigars. So, Well, we're going to enjoy that. I love that 4S Society. Yes. <laughs> so for the Magic Word Podcast, that was Ed Ripley, Scotty out. Yeah.